You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. As you see that, open your Bible at Mark chapter 4. And then you can find Matthew 16. I'm going to start in Mark 4. I just, as I was, we were worshiping there, God was moving powerfully in our midst. How many of you sensed the presence of God? And there was somebody here, you came here tonight, and just above your knee, just your, your one side of your leg, you were in extreme pain, and you, you, I, I have a sense you had to limp, you were struggling to walk, but that pain dissolved and disappeared. If, if that was you, 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 you thought you had a pain in your leg, but just check it now, and that pain is gone. Where are you? Just, where's that person? Over here? Was that you, man? Just stand. You, you came here with pain. Now you check it. It's gone. It's gone. Come on. Let's give Jesus praise. Amen. Hallelujah. See, I wanted you to see that that's the Spirit of God. Why would He show me that if it's already done? We just get on with the service. No. Remember Jesus when He healed the lepers and He said, go show yourselves the priest. One came back and testified and said, thank you. He said, where are the other nine? And he says, you've been made whole. Amen. See, God doesn't want anybody hurting. And what I want you to see here is that in an atmosphere of faith, of worshiping God, he moved. I really believe, you know, there is a place where uh, we can actively go to someone and lay hands on them. There's a place where we can believe for, by faith to receive. And then there's the other aspect where God just does it because he wants to. He's God. When he's honored, when he's given place, when he's welcomed, you will always see his power at work. And so I really want to encourage you as that in our times of worship is don't see that as the adverts before the movie. You know what I mean? The trailers, you know, it's like you're running late for the movies and you think, oh, it's okay. As long as I get there for the movie, we can still get popcorn and everything. You know, I'd like to see the trailers, but you know, we know we, we're late now. No, that's not the reason for praise and worship. It's to usher the presence of God. And so be cautious, very cautious, because it can happen over a period of time. It's just, that's how religion eventually digs in, is because you get used to something, becomes a habit or a ritual. Don't just sing the songs because it's time to sing. There was such a strong presence of God tonight. And those that are aware of that, which should be all of us, you press into that. You don't need a cheerleader. I don't need to get up every time and say, now it's time to lift your hands. Now it's time to press in. Now it's time. No, just do it. Just do it because I can promise you that while you're doing that, you correct the heart in the presence of God. Whatever your need is, God meets it. Because you've already put it out as a prayer. You've already said, God, help me in this area. Isn't that right? So we're wondering, God, where are you? No, he's always here. And he's enthroned upon the praises of his people. And as you worship God, you'll see that happening. I really, I, I want to keep encouraging that because uh, our Sunday nights are going to grow more and more intense over, over the next season. Why? Because we are in a place, the whole world is in an atmosphere of revival. You've probably seen it happening in different places. And people may be saying, when's it going to happen to us? No, it, it's, it's already happening. 
If, if you don't see that, I encourage you to give your life to Jesus tonight because then you'll come in and have spiritual eyes to see it. Because those that have an ear to hear are hearing revival. We are seeing the Spirit of God moving. We are seeing people getting saved. We are seeing the miraculous happening without us even asking for it. Why? Because God's God. He wants to heal. He's not waiting. Please beg me. No, he's, he's like, I'm ready. I want to heal. I'm just waiting. I've already provided your need. I want to be God. I will be a God to you. I want to show you myself. I want to be strong on your behalf. Why? Because he wants to demonstrate to the world. He's not just another religion. There's, you know, there's so many religions out there. I wonder which one's right. Well, which one's working? Which one's working? How's that person, but isn't all gods the same? Well, how's your God doing with your sickness? And what's happening with your life? What's happening with your marriage? But God's a living God. His word is alive. He is God who says yes and amen. Call on me and I will answer. Lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Give and it will be given back to you. I'm knocking. If you open, I will enter in. We serve a living God. I said we serve a living God. And so be expectant. Miracles are a way of life. It's not now and then, bless me now and hope it happens next year. No, it's every single day. It's amazing when you read the Word and the Gospels where John said, you know, we've recorded some of what's happened, but really if we wrote everything down that Jesus did, there's not enough books in the world to contain it. That tells me the miracles we read, you can go through the Gospels and you can count the miracles, but they're recorded in those four books. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That, that's limited. But he said, if all the books in the world, you couldn't write down all the miracles. That tells me Jesus was constantly, he, it was just a constant flow of miracles. All the time. It was everything he did was by faith. Everything he did was by faith. How do I know that? Well, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Impossible to please God. And God himself said, even when he was baptized, before he had even stepped into his ministry, God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So before he began as his ministry, he was already living by faith. He living by faith. And so once he stepped over and the anointing came upon his life, then you saw the miraculous begin to happen. So he already saw God's hand in his life. But once he stepped into the anointing, the miraculous, he could call it on demand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now we want that in our lives. How many want to see that manifesting in your life? And Jesus said yeah, in Mark chapter 4, now this is just to lay the foundation based on what we learned this morning. I always want to move in the power of what we've learned. So if you did miss this morning's session, you need to go and get a hold of it and listen to it. We spoke about how we need to be acting on the Word. And Jesus said here in this parable, verse 13, do you not understand this parable, Mark 4, verse 13, how will then you understand all the parables? Now, as you go on, you see eventually in verse 26, he's talking about the concept that the whole kingdom works this way. God's system is designed to operate in a certain way. And if we don't understand that, that's why people land up having faith accidents. 
You know what a faith accident is. We kind of cry, we kind of sing, we kind of give, we kind of go, we kind of lay hands, we kind of do, we kind of wish God and maybe he does. And I don't know if God does and if he does and then next moment, boom, there's our miracle. Okay, but now we've got no idea how to recreate that because we did a whole bunch of other junk. So which one was it that, that hit the mark? And that's not the way God intended for us to live. And that's what religion tries to put on us. You hear things like, you never know what God's going to do. No, he told us what he's going to do. He sent his word with purpose. And that word was sent with a specific idea in mind. And so if he said, if you do this, you will see that happen. That's based on law. See, this is where you need to renew our minds. Healing is not a promise. People say, all his promises are yes and amen. Healing's not included in there. What? No. By stripes you, you are healed. It's a fact. It's a grounded truth. You are already healed. A promise is something you're hoping for. I hope God heals me. Well, you need to get back to the word. Get back to faith. What has he said on the issue? Not what religion says. Because then religion will poke holes in, if, if, if we, in that shaky ground. He'll poke holes in what we believe with all kinds of things like maybe, you know, God's just trying to teach me a lesson here. And you've heard people say, that, you know, God's given me this thing so I can learn to be humble. I need to learn to trust him. Well, then why go to the doctor? Don't end the exam too soon. You need to be tested longer. You need to be... Now you're cheating. Go to the doctor and get rid of the pain because God's trying to teach you something. No. And we would never want to be accused of that with our children. Amen. How come your child's arm's broken? No. I told them like five times, stop touching that, stop touching. They wouldn't listen. So I broke their arm. Now learn your lesson. Would you do that? Some of you are looking at me like shocked, like, Wah. you see, we, we won't let that be put on us as humans. And God says, you being evil. That's, that's the word Jesus used. He says, when your son asks for, 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 for a fish, you, you're going to give him a serpent? How much more your heavenly father who loves you. And so religion accuses God of child abuse. No, family, he's a loving father. And he paid the price with his son on a cross to get to us what he's given us. And it's been established on that cross. He bore every sickness, every disease, anything the curse could possibly bring against you. Poverty, lack, destruction, uh, the, 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 the grief, the sorrow, the shame. Whatever it is the enemy ever tried to do in your life was put on Jesus. And he paid the full price for it. And when it was paid for, it was done. It was finished in God's mind. It is over. That's the only way Jesus could have come back to life. If there was nothing left to hold him in the grave. It was completely paid for in full. 
Well, then what's this thing I'm feeling? What's this thing I'm experiencing? Those are lies from the enemy trying to distract us. Those are simply things that are happening in the natural. And that's the waves and the wind. And that's what he told us to be sure we can stand against it. That's why he told us how to build our house. You build your house on the rock because there is a wind coming. There is a storm coming. There is a flood coming, but it's not meant to take you out because if you found it on the rock of living and doing his word, no matter what comes your way, you found it on the rock and you will stand. You will stand and wither that storm. And when the storm is gone, your house is still standing. And you look out the window and there the neighbor's house is lying in ruins on the side. And what was the difference? They built their house not thinking about the problem that's coming. It's the hallelujah, bless God, praise God, amen, hallelujah, glory, glory, glory. But not doing anything with it. Not putting it into action. It's on that active word that you are founded on the rock. Everybody say the action of the word. Jesus says, yeah, the sower sows the word. See, it's not the storm that destroys the house. It's the way the house was built. The storm just revealed. See, when you look at the house before the storm, you couldn't tell which one's on the foundation. Two houses standing next to each other, both you know, the doors are on ground level. You can't see under the ground. So when I look out here, I'm, I'm seeing a whole bunch of people. Yes, amen, 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 yes, amen, amen, yes, amen. See, I can't see underneath. I can't see. It's only exposed during the storm. That's the difference. So it's in the storm. That Jesus is saying, prepare. You don't want to wait for the storm before you start building. It's very difficult to dig foundations when there's a river running through your plot. <laughs> you don't wait for the rain. You need to get that house solid and strong before. Amen. And so Jesus said, the sower sows the word. It means everybody hears the same word. Everybody hears the same word. You know how many people have been through this building? And they got exactly the same word that you've received. Isn't that right? It wasn't like this bunch that have been here for many, many years and are solid and strong. You know, I silently on the side give them something different. And those persons that slipped away and broke and hurt and got offended and walked away and upset and moaned and complained and... No, they only got on Sunday. No, everybody heard the same word. I said, everybody heard the same word. Same word. Same word. Well, how come people slip away? How come people walk away offended? He says, yeah, these are the ones sown by the wayside. Where the word is sown, Satan comes immediately. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes. When does he come? Not in the car park. Could be like right now. Hello. You heard me say it before. The person that attends most of our church services, the one that has never missed a service, is the devil. 
See, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. The devil's in church every Sunday. But he's listening with the intent of what, what are you hearing? Because I need to challenge that. I'm going to make sure what's spoken tonight doesn't take root. I need to get you offended now. I need to get you upset now. I need to get you to walk away now. Oh, I don't agree with that. I don't accept that. Oh, that, how can he say that? Listen, that's why I stay on the word. That's why I don't give you opinions. Because I might say something, well, I just don't see it that way. Well, it's written. You want to argue? Go to the author. Amen. I'm delivering you what God said. And so Satan comes immediately. And what does he do? Takes away the word that was sown where? In their hearts. In their hearts. So we're dealing with a heart attitude here. And these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves. And this is where we spoke about that foundation. A house is built on a foundation, but a tree that's rooted, that's its foundation. So it's similar what we're talking about here. So these are the ones that have no foundation. And so they endure for a time Afterward, this is after the hallelujahs, the amens, felt the buzz, was nice and excited, glory, glory, hallelujah. Then in the week, that's when the problems hit. Now what's that? Storm, wind, waves. This is now your flood coming. Now your foundation is being challenged. And what happens? Persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they stumble. And we learned from this morning, that's the, the Greek word used there in the King James is offense. 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 Hallelujah. And that's something, family, we need to recognize that offense isn't always when you can't stand to look at the person. <laughs> that's like the extreme of offense. Now, someone will come to me and say, you know, uh, we 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 leaving the church. Not now. We're not offended. Why did you have to say that? If God's called you, He's called you. Don't have to plug me. <laughs> I really don't. You know, I'm, everyone has to make their own decision. You have to live by your decision. I'm not your Jesus. You're going to stand in front of Jesus one day. If He called you and this is your house, then you have no right to change the house. He, if He called and He planted. I don't have the privilege to go somewhere else. Say amen. amen. But if I'm trying to say, well, I'm not really offended, then why would you say that? Because what can happen is little things happen. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's when we let the little things niggle. Hallelujah. Now here's what I need to understand. I don't come to church for people. I don't even come because the praise and worship's nice. I don't come even because, you know, I enjoy the teaching there. Where has the Lord called you? Where's God planted you? Because He knows what you need. And how you know sometimes the things we need are not always the things we want? Sometimes we need a word. Every word has been given for instruction. Yes, hallelujah. 
for reproof and correction. Oh, amen. So somewhere along the line, we're going to need to be corrected. Isn't that right? So what does the enemy do? God is refining us, but he's doing it on the word. The word is what brings the refining. Not the tribulation, not the persecution. The word brings instruction. The word brings refinement. So he's got to stop that word. And God put you here because this is the word you need. He knows I'm going to address you on issues because I love you, led by him. I don't just get up and say what message is good this week. You know, this, this sounded good in Bible college. Let me use it today. No, I'm listening. I'm listening. Why? Because God has you in mind. How many of you have ever had a message where you think, Pastor Allen's just, he's, he's just hit me on the nose. I mean, not, I don't mean hit on the nose. I mean, he got the point. He, he's talking to me directly. Come on. I mean, have you ever had this? Like no one else in the room, that was her has for me. Now, how's that possible? I'm a human. How can I speak to all these people, plus all of our campuses, thousands of people, and yet get your number? No, because His Word is spirit. It's life. God is addressing you in that way. Are you with me? Now, the enemy knows that. Because if you ever get what I've said and ever put it into action, and you get to a place where you can have that grounding, that rooting, then when he brings the storm, it's too late. The time to pull out an oak tree is not when it's a great big established oak tree. It's when it lands on the floor as an acorn. So he's got to hit as soon as possible. But if you say, no, I refuse to buckle to this. I refuse to give in. I don't care who says what. I don't care if another person looks in my direction, smiles, taps me on the back, gives me a hug. You're doing such a good job. I don't care. I'm not here for the favor of man. I'm here because I'm in the place God put me to be and I need to hear from heaven. So Pastor Allen, say what needs to be said. Someone sits in my chair, be blessed. I don't know where anybody got the idea it was my chair. We haven't found any names on any of these chairs. You'd be amazed what people get upset with. Well, Pastor Allen, you know, at least you got your chair. I I have had. I, I came down one day and there was someone, they were brand new, never ever been here before. And somehow they decided that was their chair for the day. I came around and someone's in my chair. I go, uh, where's the usher? I don't want to in my chair. How come someone's sitting in my chair? No, I'm, I'm happy they are. I can go sit somewhere else. I'll go sit in the back if I have to. You're hearing what I'm saying? Why? Because I'm aware the enemy's doing everything to silence the word in my life. Now, you understand children, babies. Babies want, you know, they want milk, they cry. They want to be picked up, they cry. They want to be slept, they cry. Want their nappy change, they cry. And what do they need? They cry. And you've got to somehow figure out what this cry means. 
But if my kids still doing that today, I would have a hard time. Come on, Joshua, really, it's time. <laughs> Buckle up, you know, I mean. <laughs> somewhere along the line, we've got to grow up. I said, somewhere along the line, we've got to grow up. I don't have my pastor calling me every day and uh, how you doing, Pastor Alan? Uh, what you preaching this weekend? Uh, are you sure you got your message ready? And just to let you know, you know, we still love you. And, and then Friday, make sure you're in church now. You know, it's Sunday. You've got a lot of people coming, so make sure you're there. And, and then Sunday morning, are you awake now? Just, you know, just making sure you're awake. I <laughs> like Apostle Theo. I'm okay, man. Are you with me? Why am I saying this? Because if I do have an issue, I know I can go to my pastor. But if I don't hear from him for a month, I don't think, I wonder if I've got a, has he got a problem with me? No, he's getting on with his life. I'm getting on with mine. And we both know we're adults. We are both mature in the body of Christ. I'm not yet to be babied. I'm yet to reach other people with the gospel. I'm yet, and, and I'm not just talking about me as the pastor. Every one of us are growing up. Growing up. Everyone say growing up. So we've got to mature beyond being the woman with the issue of blood pressing through because we need to be healed. When are we going to say, I am healed, I am blessed, I am provided, and I am no longer the woman pressing through the crowd. I am the one carrying the mantle. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I am the body of Christ. If anyone needs healing, come press in. So you arrive with a need, but then you mature. You want to see the miraculous? Grow up. Become strong in the Word. Because those little offenses is what the enemy uses. You can be a bless me club, hallelujah, that's an awesome message. That's why I learned something from Dr. Jerry Saval. He was one day, was in a message by Oral Roberts. And after we said to, after the service, he saw Brother Oran said, that was an awesome service. Great message. And he looked him in the eye and said, what did you learn from it? And he went, he said, that was the last time he was ever caught. From that moment on, he sat with intent, listening, listening for the word. What is it that God's speaking to me today? I'm not just here for a bless me word. I'm here to transform and change my life. That's when you see the miraculous. See, the cares of this world, these are the ones sown among thorns, the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things, enter in and choke the word. These are people that didn't immediately get offended, but then the word started to work. And when we first get saved, we have a lot of needs in our lives. We need our bodies to be healed, maybe, or we're desperately in debt and we need provision, or maybe our marriage is broken and I need restoration. And so we press in, and what happens? We're in the presence of God and we're seeking God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, for he comes to God, must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who 
diligently search him and so we're in the presence of God and we're worshiping him we're serving him and we're seeing the miraculous come through how you notice when you first got saved it was like miracles were on demand man you just trusted God and there it was you trusted God and there it was and then all of a sudden you get to a place where now you have the provision and you have the abundance and the body's healed and but now we're busy and we got other things to do, and, and we got to get up late, and the, you know, we got to get the kids to school, and we got work to do, and yeah, yeah, we're just hand shandar and tie my bow tie on the way to work on in the car quickly because you know I'm so busy, 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 busy. I got home sale tonight, and I got prayer on Friday, and I got got to go to, and I got and I got to get there, and I'm, and I'm singing the worship team, and I got and we and we busy worshiping, we we doing things for God, for God, for God, for God. We're not giving the time to the Word. And all of a sudden, we speak the Word and it doesn't seem to work. What happened? Where's my miracle? I'm believing the Scriptures. So we confess, we confess, we confess, we confess, we confess, we confess, we confess. And it doesn't seem to be working. We don't realize the battery is empty. You're speaking from mental ascent. The memory of the word. That would be equivalent to living the rest of your life off Sunday's lunch today. Never eating again. But remembering that steak. Remembering that broccoli. Remembering. You need... Nutrition, you need new food. You can quote the healing scriptures, but have you fed them? Have you fed your spirit with that word? Don't let this busyness of life choke out the word that you've received. I have to get more word in me. Yes, I know God supplies my need. But let me go back to the scriptures and feed that in. Read them out loud. Thank God and praise him and honor him. Lord, I'm standing on your word. I believe you look after me because you said so. What did I say? Put me in remembrance, God says. You put him in remembrance. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word. Those who accept the word. Those who bear fruit. What's that? Put it to action. Put it to action. Don't talk about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Don't talk about those things. Be those things. Be gentle. Be kind. Be at peace. Rest. Be faithful. Amen. What will happen? You'll produce some 30-fold, some 60, some 100-fold. What's that talking about? Why 30, 60, 100? It's progression. It's progression. Sometimes when we start with these things, we won't see the big flamboyant results that we see in our faith heroes. But it's the little miracles that you celebrate. Celebrate every little miracle. Everything that happens. 
and keep putting that word into action. Keep it active. Keep applying it. Keep celebrating the word. Keep rejoicing. Put that word. Accept the truth. Put it into action and see. As you do that, you mature. You grow stronger and stronger and stronger. And eventually you see you start to upgrade. And you get to a place where you trust God and you know that His work is at work in you. His life is in you. You get to a place where Peter, even as he was walking down the road, people were being healed just by him passing them. What's that? We're into a hundredfold production. How many want to live that kind of life? It's acknowledging where, Jesus, where Peter said, when Jesus asked him, who do you say that I am? You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, man didn't reveal that to you. You got that from the Father. On this rock, I will build my church. What rock? The revelation knowledge that you're the Christ. You're the anointed one. It's that anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. Peter saw that in Jesus. He saw this was a man who wasn't just another rabbi, just another priest, just another teacher. This man, when he spoke, sickness disappeared. When he spoke, blind men could see. Deaf ears opened. He saw dead man walk out of a grave. You the Christ, the anointing. That's what destroys the yoke. And then Jesus told him, when I go, You'll do the same works I did. Now you're going to be challenged. The storm's coming. You're going to even deny me. But I'm praying your faith doesn't fail you. He had the same problem Judas had. We talk about Judas and we get on his case about his, his, his um, betrayal. But Peter did the same. I said, Peter did it. What's the difference? Deny the one that loves you. Even swearing about it. He's in the flesh. He's not born again. But the difference? Judas ran to the fear side. Death. Peter came back to Jesus. I pray your faith not fail you. Problems are going to come. The temptation to betray. Maybe even betray. I've had people come to me. Tears in their eyes. Master Alan, when I first came to this church, I hated you. And I didn't like what you said. And you said something and I got so offended. But I'm standing here today asking you to forgive me. That's the heart of a believer. That's someone that's heading towards that 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. What did I do? Why? What did I say? What a, no, no, my arms are wide open. I don't care what happened. You ask for forgiveness. You're forgiven. Why? Because you were already forgiven on the cross. I don't have to forgive you. You are forgiven. Amen. 
And so Jesus said, do you love me? Yes, I do. And he asked him three times. What did he say? Feed my flock. Take what's in me. Take what's in you. You're going to do the same works I did and greater. Now I'm asking you to stay in Jerusalem. Don't move. Don't go into ministry until you receive power from on high. Peter knew what he was talking about. This is the Christ. This is the anointing that he was talking about. And in that upper room, when the Holy Spirit fell, he went, this is it. This is it. This is it. This is what he was, this is what he's talking about. Come on, this is it. No wonder, no wonder when they went out and everybody's like mocking them and laughing at them and saying, these guys are crazy. He goes, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. I'm now anointed. And you look at that early church, that's all they spoke about. They didn't have Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, all the other things that Paul wrote later. What did they preach? They had one message, man. Christ, 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 Christ. What's he talking about? The anointing, the anointed one. And so what happened? He matured overnight. Why? Because he put it into action. Look on me. Walking past the man at the gate. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have. Pick up your bed and walk. The man stood up and walked. Don't you know Peter said, this is it. How many want to live that way? See, family God, get over the offenses. Get rid of the junk. Stop the little niggles and the complaints and the moans and the. Just come to the house of God to honor Him, to worship Him, and saying, What next, Lord? What next? Give me the word that's going to upgrade my life for this next week. What do I need this week? Give me the instruction that I need. And I'm going to go out there and that's what I'm going to be. That's what I'm going to do. I don't care what anybody else does. I'm here for you. You can count on me. And if you say when you return, will I find faith? Here I am. I am your body. And I'm seeing miracles, signs and wonders every day. Every day. It's your way of life. It's your way of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus praise tonight. Let's stand together. Say this with me. Today I heard the Word of God. See, family, this is why I lead us in this thing. This isn't just, you know, we've got to wait till the clock runs out. No, usually I'm, I'm chasing the clock anyway. I don't want to chase a clock because we're receiving what God has for us. The reason I lead these, these confessions is because you're instilling in your heart. You're planting seed. You're planting the word that your heart needs. Amen. Say, today I heard the word of God. That word brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. 
as a hearer of the Word, I'm also a doer. See, what am I doing? I'm bringing you into the 30, 60, 100-fold category. I'm going to put this Word to action. I believe as a born-again child of God, I am filled with the Spirit of God. Christ in me. I am the body of Christ. Jesus said, I will do the same works He did and greater. When I lay hands on the sick, they recover. Do you believe that? Hold that hand up. Now bump your neighbour and say, look at this hand. There is so much power in this hand. If you need anything, let me put my hand on you. Because it's God's hand. Christ's hand. In me. His power. His anointing. His glory. And you can already feel that hand. Oh, how many you can feel it? Are you with me? You need to know when you put your hand on. Let me see if this works. No, it's like, come here. Boom. You know it's going to happen. How come we don't see more miracles in church on Sunday? Because we're not a Sunday church. We're a living church. All things are upheld by the word of His power. I can whoop you up and get you excited and have you all lying on the floor. We've done it many times, we'll do it again. But what happens when you get up? Walk out the door and then still fight with the guy in the car park. No, there, there has to be change. The only change happens in the Word. So I'd rather put the Word in you and then you go out and lay hands on the sick and have your miracle and your revivals and your bless and whatever in the home cells, in your life group, in the workplace. I can't tell you, before I went into full-time ministry, how many times I prayed in the office, always with my boss's permission, but we saw miracles, demons coming out. Don't wait for church. Come to church. My pastor will cast the demon out. No, why must I live with the demon another five days? No, come here. Let me take you aside. Let's get rid of this thing now. That's you. I said, that's you. Demonstrate His power. Hallelujah. Glory. Say, Christ in me. The hope of glory. What's that? The anointed one. His anointing in you. You can expect. Hope is an earnest expectation. You can expect to see His glory. Why? Because you're aware and you know that's what He's given you as a promise. Hallelujah. Bump your name and say, miracles are happening to me every day. Amen.